your reality is your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your thoughts stem from your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so time management comes back to really understanding what you want and who you are as a person mm-hmm. and tapping into feeling. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Welcome back to the show. This is Michelle Lamoureux, and you are listening to the Good Life Coach Podcast. Today on the show, we are talking about time management, and I'm about to introduce my guest. But before I do that, just a reminder that if you have yet to subscribe to the show, you can do so on your favorite podcast player. Just look at your player right now on your phone and hit the subscribe button. There are some changes coming up, and this is just the best way to ensure that we stay connected. And I just want to also let you know that show notes can be found at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 113 for today's interview. And I am doing a summary of what we talk about. So all of the time management tips will be on the website for you to read at your convenience. So let's get into the show. Kate Carney is an experienced business consultant, lawyer, and strategic advisor. Today, she helps scale businesses so companies can grow revenues and reach profitability. She takes a founder-centric approach to performance, focusing on leadership, talent, strategies, and organizational design. She believes alignment of these critical areas results in a culture that supports sustainable growth. She has 15-plus years of legal experience working with corporates, hedge funds, and most recently, startups. Welcome, Kate. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. I love talking about time management, and we've covered it a few times on the show, and my guess is we will continue because I actually believe that it's really one of the most important things you can really get in control of in your life in order to live your best life. So um, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Um Tell us, though, you started in very male-dominated industries in your own career. Uh, how do you explain who you work with and the kind of clients you work with? You know, what do you help them achieve? Sure. So I, I did. I came from that hedge fund background. I was very young. I was often the only woman at the table. And, you know, as I moved into the startup space, I got more interested in these business questions and why founders were not scaling, why they often failed in the first few years, and um, what some of my clients were going through on the legal side. And I started looking at the stats. And initially, what caught my eye was the dismal stats around female founders and scaling. You know, 88% never get past 100000 in revenue. And that just sounded absurd to me. Mm. And so I did some research and I talked to folks and then I got into this space of uh, helping founders that get stuck. Basically, you've hit a plateau and you want to get to this next level, whatever that level is. My, my clients tend to be about a million to five million in revenue, but you've hit a plateau, you want to get to that next level. And so what's stopping you? And oftentimes it is something 
about your team and your leadership with your team and those dynamics. It can be a lot around your messaging. Maybe you've got to pivot your strategy a little bit and then how are you connecting your team or investors or your board back to that? Mm-hmm. And so it can be, you know, it's all tied, I think, in a lot of ways back to leadership and how you lead and who you are as a leader. But that impacts directly how you engage your team, which is, you know, all about performance. You need somebody to execute. And then the culture supports what what you need to get done as well. And so it all goes hand in hand at the end of the day. But the, the goal is to grow, to scale, reach profitability, or, you know, maybe you're going down a new product line, whatever it is. I love it. And I'm sure your legal background is helpful when you're working with your clients. And one of the things I was actually, I thought about law school. I was a corporate paralegal for a couple of years um, before I decided not to go. And I had to track billable time, which we know all lawyers have to do. So I'm wondering, you know, how much did tracking billable time help you with your own skill set with time management? You know, I will be honest. Um, there are those folks at law firms that are really diligent about their time keeping records. And then there are those that at the end of the month are scrambling to put back together their uh, calendar and mm-hmm. enter the time. I was definitely the latter for most of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, you know, it was a continual process to try to get better and give myself rules at the end of the week I would in- input it. And I got better. But, you know, I did still have to generally track it. And I think um, when you see your life in six-minute increments, it's very different. It's a very objective view of your time. Mm -hmm. So do you, and and I can relate to some degree too, because I remember, I mean, you're 22 years old and, you know, working on these, with, on these, with partners on their clients and you're expected to track time, most of which I think they wrote off. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you had to sit there and go, wait, what did I do today? And it was, you know, a discipline that you had to to create. But I think with time management, a lot of it is about some level of discipline and structure. So do do you use any of it today in your time management skills or is it more um, just the experience you had of really knowing how valuable it is to be able to look at a week at a glance to really see where your time's going? Yeah, I think in a few ways, right, as you just said, understanding where your time is going. Um, I always found it very interesting, even when I, let's say you sit down to do work on whatever assignment for whatever client, and you know, it's two o'clock and you think it's going to take you an hour. And all of a sudden, maybe you've been distracted by two emails, then you started responding to something. Then I found myself always saying, okay, how long do I think I spent on that client? And you see where the distractions come in and you see where you're really spending your time. And once in a while, I do a time audit, whether that's for a week or two weeks, I do keep track of my time really carefully, not just by my calendar, but really with a little notebook by my side and really try to go back to those legal roots and track my time. Because that objective view to look back at where you're spending your time can be really shocking. I mean, mm-hmm. um, where it ends up based on where you thought it would be based on your calendar, there are huge discrepancies. But I think you've got to start with a time audit to figure out how to improve time management. And um, so I, I use the audit, I use time blocking, um, I, you know, I follow a few of the rules to get to get myself organized. 
That's great. Well, let's get actually specific. So do you use any specific apps? You talked about time blocking, um, you know, be specific about what you actually specifically do and it help your clients do when it comes to time management. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm not as much, I should be a tech person. Um, I'm still very old school. I like to handwrite things, mm-hmm. which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. But I, so do I, say my, I like that. I, like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I also love stationery. So I think it's all a love of having the perfect, cute little notebook makes me feel good. But um, I do a hybrid. So everything does have to be on my calendar so that I just have a sense of my day. And so in terms of time blocking, I do. I'm very conscious about, okay, what are the tasks I need to get done today? Um, scheduling in free thinking time or whatever you want to call that sort of time that's not necessarily assigned to a specific task, but maybe part of a bigger, longer term project for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and matching that with your energy. So I'm very alert, very focused if I need to use my brain significantly in the morning. I mean, as early as I like to get to my desk at 6.30 till 11 or 12, I'm great. Ask me at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not so great. I should be doing more rote tasks or phone calls, um, responding to some emails. But if I have to do some writing or really dive deep into something, I put that block in the morning and I find 90 minute blocks. And there's some studies around 90 minute blocks are very effective and then Mm -hmm. followed by a short break. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I get up and like I walk all the time, I walk around my apartment a little bit, I stretch maybe on the floor, just take a second. Don't look at your phone while you're taking that break. Just really pick your eyes up and walk around. Um, but yeah, I follow, you know, real time blocking in terms of personal stuff goes on the, the calendar, professional stuff goes on the calendar, blocking out time, you know, I've got to run to the grocery store and cook some meals for the week. Okay. That goes on the calendar, trying to keep everything in there. Um, and then, you know, assessing at the end of the day, sometimes when I feel like my day went really far astray, um, where maybe I estimated wrong. So I was starting to learn what certain repetitive things I work on take. Like Mm -hmm. now I kind of know how long it'll take me to write a blog, the research plus the writing of the blog. Now, maybe I get really into some topic and I go diving deep and it takes me longer, but I I have a sense now of what that process looks like and takes me. But that took a lot of time to figure out and get right. Yeah. Kate, I'm wondering, you know, you, you mentioned that you work with women who are one to 5 million in revenue and you want to help them keep becoming more profitable and scaling, which is obviously the goal for all of us in business to keep scaling and growing. Um, do you use any systems with them around uh, setting their calendars, let's say, a, you know, a 90-day block or helping them with their time management around how to prioritize, you know, and break up the different things that they need to focus on to, to achieve their goals? Absolutely. So I think that kind of takes a step back from the specifics. And gets really back to the question of priorities. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets to two questions, right? Particularly when it comes to working with women. And I I do work with both men and women. But in large part with women, um, it's the setting the boundaries piece is pretty significant. And um, I think right now, particularly, all the lines have been blurred at this point between work and home and the number of things that are on 
many women's plate has multiplied significantly. So um, I get that it's really hard to, to balance all of that, but you'll find by nature, women are people pleasers mm-hmm. and they don't like to let somebody else down and they don't like to say no. And so they end up with a bunch of things on their calendar that maybe they don't want to do or don't make sense when I say sense as part of their purpose and what they're trying to do with their life and what they really value. And so I say things like just go through and mark the things you really don't want to do on a scale of one to 10, right? And the things you really want to do on a one to 10. And maybe the I have to do, right? They have to stay. Maybe it's like pick your child up from soccer. Okay, that you can't ignore that one. Um, But go through and sort of rank them in terms of what you want to do and start to notice the things you don't want to do and don't align with your purpose and maybe start knocking those out. I struggle with the things that I want to do and seemingly align with my purpose. You know, a great networking event with really kick-ass amazing women and I want to listen and learn and meet them. Mm -hmm. But does it fit in my day? Is there something that I should be doing that has a different ROI for the day and what I'm working on? And, you know, sometimes you can't do it all. I think that's the problem too, is admitting you can't do it all. Mm and that you have to put boundaries in place um, and make those choices about what are priorities. Well, you wrote a blog post about time management and integrity. And I feel like part of what you're talking about, you know, you say time management equals self-management. It's kind of what you're talking about right now. But can you elaborate about, I love the word integrity. I mean, I live by that. That's definitely a core value of mine. Um, I've not heard of it in regard to time management. So what does that mean? Can you just expand on that that thought? Yeah, so in two ways. So when I say, I think there are two pieces. When I say self-management, I mean, I think you hear often, okay, we can't manage time. You get what you get, right? It's 24 hours in a day. That's what you get. Um, But I I think about it in self-management because it's our thoughts and our behaviors that I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. Now, some people will say it's, attention management and energy management. And I, I think those are all right, I think, but that's part of self, right? It's my energy. It's my attention. Mm-hmm. I'm dictating where I allocate those. And so it's being very aware, aware of your thoughts and your behaviors. And integrity to me is aligning those thoughts and behaviors with your personal values. Once you have those aligned, that's, that's the notion of personal integrity. They're, they're, align, congruent, however you want to think about it. And so if you're living your purpose, mm-hmm. your your why, your what you envision for your ideal life and ideal self, then you're living with integrity. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is starting by knowing what that purpose is and being clear about the ideal version of yourself and what you're looking for and what you really want then taking that purpose, right, to get to the priorities, you're breaking those down into specific goals and objectives and, you know, not long-term, but short-term ones that are achievable. And you are putting those on the calendar for weekly, monthly, quarterly check-in points. And I think, um, you know, what I always have to think about myself is make sure you break them down small enough that you feel some momentum and some achievement. Mm -hmm. And I think for integrity and you're living your purpose, right? Each one leads to the next. So I'm very careful not to say, 
okay, it's all going to be blissful, right? I mean, I'm going to live with my purpose. I'm going to just do the things I like to do. I'm going to do nothing that I don't want to do. Well, that's not happening. But there's a little bit of a mindset shift when it's okay. Um, like, I don't love all the social media stuff. That's not my strong suit. I'm mm-hmm. learning and I'm trying, mm-hmm. definitely. But, um, you know, all of those little pieces and learning Canva and getting my, you know, my slides right, not my favorite thing, mm-hmm. but it's a piece towards building a following on Instagram. That's helping me build a brand. The brand may help me write a book someday. So I keep it in mind. And so it's a little less of a, I don't want to do this. It's this has a place in the journey for me to get to where I want to be. And it's you know easier to swallow those things that are more um, challenging or you don't, you know, you don't like to do them. You don't want to do them. Um, so that's sort of where the prioritizing comes from. Um, I think the other piece, when you talk about thoughts and behaviors, right, your reality is your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your thoughts stem from your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so time management comes back to really understanding what you want and who you are as a person mm-hmm. and tapping into feelings. And so sometimes you got to dig a little deeper, right? Why are you procrastinating? You can't just say I'm a procrastinator, that you are, you aren't just a procrastinator. You, you choose to be a, a procrastinator, choice. but yeah. you're not born one. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe if you really dig into it, it's because there's some fear of not being able to do the assignment or it's so challenging. What happens if I fall flat on my face, right? Maybe there's some other reason why you're procrastinating or you say, you know, my Sunday got away from me or you end up doing something else. Maybe you chose a direction because, oh, underneath it all, there was this guilt, right? Between family and work or I don't know, some other version of guilt. And that really drove your decision or your distractions or whatever it is. And so it also means looking deep inside and thinking about those feelings and those thoughts because they do dictate your time. They they completely do. And actually, I'm going to break down a couple of things you talked about. So yeah. social media as a business owner <laughs> is, you know, I always say we're not algorithms, but the truth is that what you post is at the hands of an algorithm in terms of how broadly it's shown and how much and who it reaches and all that stuff. Um, some of it you can outsource, right? So in terms of time management yeah. and prioritizing, we can do that. In terms of procrastination, it's something... Um, I think about a lot because I think you're right in terms of the thoughts and the feelings that can create resistance or fear or fear even of success. That can be a piece of it. And then yes. um, I'm trained. Um, I don't know if you ever t- done your Myers-Briggs. I'm qualified to administer that. Yes. And I am the personality type, the preference that loves starting projects. I love starting. Okay. Idea person. My mind, like, it's very funny because I've had a guest come on, Rob Toomey, who was an attorney. You would appreciate that too, <laughs> And he and his wife um, train people all over the world and, and major corporations on his type preference that he's developed. And we had a, a fun conversation, but what it made me realize is accountability for those of us who mm-hmm. love to start projects um, is essential. 
it's essential. So it's not necessarily time management as much as uh, mindset management and having the support mm-hmm. around around that piece. But it, it makes me laugh because I used to think, oh, you know, why am I not getting this done? And I look at all that I accomplished, but I love, I do, I love starting a project. So I'm just sharing that for those people who are going to listen, who are like me, who love to start. And I know that a lot of the entrepreneurs, and I would guess if you're an attorney, my guess is you're you like checking things off a list. I could be wrong, um, but <laughs> you do. You're laughing. I do. You I do. do. Yes. This is, and this is what I've learned <laughs> along the way that a lot of people they are the ones who they've got their list and they and they literally would love to even just add something on the list just to check it off because they really get so much joy of checking that stuff off the list. So it's you know understanding your preferences as well can also um, help guide the path. So I'm just putting that out there because. Um, because I think, you know, the idea of being a pro- procrastinator, a lot of people, like you said, it's like you're not born that way, but you really might have the preference to start, like to start things and not finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that really yeah, that could be something sense. you were born with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I think a lot of ideas, people, and a lot of my coaching, I mean, my target where I have a lot of impact is the one to 5 million, but I certainly work with much smaller companies. And Sometimes the greatest thing I give them is just accountability. And that's all they say is what they really need at the end of the day. And that's that's what you can bring to the table. And for some people, that helps them accelerate faster than anything else you could change for them. Um, 100%. And quite frankly, I make the ch- I want to check the box. I really do. Yeah. But I struggle with the fact that at the end of the day, I feel like I've never checked enough boxes. And oh, I interesting, yeah. I try very hard. To like, I mean, I have this long to-do list, absurdly long, and then I cut mm-hmm. it down to like 20 items. But at the beginning of the week on Monday, I say, okay, here's my five for the day. Um, and they're a mix of a little bit hard, longer and a little shorter, but I try mm-hmm. to put five on a page a day. Like I handwrite those on a notebook right next to me. And as the day goes on, I find that I add to the list. I keep mm-hmm. adding mm-hmm. and then I sort of cross some off, but I struggle I mean, and yeah, this is something I have to work on all the time is I always feel like I don't cross enough off the list. Mm -hmm. I also find um, I always have to check myself and say, have I broken this down into the smallest piece I can? I used to literally write blog. That would just be my, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. It didn't break it down to pick the topic. Well, that doesn't always pop in my head in five minutes or less. Do the research do the writing, upload it. I Mm -hmm. just, I always just wrote blog and I, you know, little things like that. I have to stop and think and say, okay, did I get this into the smallest piece possible? So I can one, check the box because it's satisfying as heck. Mm -hmm. Um, But two, so that I really have a sense of what I'm doing in my day. Totally, totally. And I think that that's helpful because um, for those of us who or like you that like to check the box, or for those of us who are like me who have the list, but we usually have multiple lists and we go back to them and find them later and they get checked off because we get it done. But it's not because we need that satisfaction of actually ticking it off, although it does feel good. I'm not going to, I mean, I've gotten to the point where like I do, you know, and you do the roadmap of your day and you can go and check all that stuff off. It's fantastic. I do think hearing this is helpful because people are going to see a little of themselves in you and they're going to see, you know, themselves in me as well. And they're going to go, okay, there's definitely different styles in understanding what you need to support your sense of product feeling of being productive and being able to manage your time um, is also part of this. 
it's really just being able to say, okay, yeah, I'm somebody who's going to need that accountability. I'm somebody who, uh, you know, it takes me 10 hours to do one social media post. Okay, maybe that's something I'm going to need to start outsourcing because that's actually not the best return on investment of my time. Right? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that's perfect. And I think you said two things. The automation is really key um, for the things that are more rote, uh, maybe not your skill set, certainly. And then you said my favorite word, least favorite word, I guess the one I have the hardest relationship with, and that's productivity. Mm -hmm. You know, that one I have a love-hate relationship with. I think I struggle with thinking I've been productive enough in a day, right? And that kind of Mm -hmm. the same, I check off enough in the day. And so, um, and to your point, I'm very similar. I've got the list of like 50, that then is on a 20 and then is on a five. And I always look back to the 50 and say, oh, I'm not doing enough. Um, so I struggle. And I don't know that it's, you know, you can talk about, do you feel productive if you're super busy? And I do feel like I should be working all the time um, to the point of, I don't have a family yet. And so when five or six o'clock comes, what justification do I have for stopping work? I'm building a business. I should absolutely be busy until it's time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not necessarily productive. I can tell you that much. I can tell you when you were a lawyer and they made you as a junior associate stay up and do work at three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. it wasn't the best work I've ever done. <laughs> and it's the same thing, right? I mean, at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, when I've been at my desk at 7 a.m., it's sort of not the best use of my time. But I do struggle with the word productive. Yeah, I think we do. And I think, honestly, I like the word productive over busy. Like a friend just said, yes. when can you connect? I it, it sounds like you're having a busy week. And I thought to myself, I don't want to have a busy week. I want to have a productive week. And actually, I'm feeling like things are very productive this week. So it's funny. I just, my relationship with that word has shifted. This kind of leads me to another question I had, which is really about You know, you talked about boundaries, but I think all of it stems from one place, and that is self-love. It's loving yourself enough to say, you know what? You did a great job today, Kay. Or you did a great job today, Michelle. You say to yourself, whoever, you know, fill in the whoever you are, say your name. You've done a great job today. Whatever you've gotten done, you've gotten a great job today. I mean, I think a lot of the the moms out there who's done like the four loads of laundry, made multiple meals, cleaned up, you know did the work, managed the Zoom calls, and and oftentimes don't feel like they got enough done. But we've done so much, you know, and like you, you've, you've, you've kept working, you've done your thing. And it's like giving yourself permission to say, okay, it is six o'clock. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to shut everything down. I'm going to just shut it down. And that's okay. Because you know what? I did a great job today. But it sounds like you had written on your bio that you're a yogi. So it does sound like you meditate and do connect to yourself in the mornings, though. I do try. It's a a fight because I love, like I said, I'm a morning person. So I absolutely love getting up, pouring a cup of coffee and going to my computer Mm -hmm. because I feel all revved up in the morning to do that. But I'm trying to be a little more mindful. And I'm, um, you know, from a personal standpoint, right, I'm... um, about to head on that path of having a child myself. And so Mm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to figure out how to readjust and have a relationship with time all over again. So certainly Mm. a work in progress that will need to continue to evolve. 
Well, Kate, that's a practice in self-love. You're going for something that you want that's yeah. deeply meaningful. Congrats. That's yeah. huge. So what what would you say, like if you were to leave the women listening with, you know, we talked about go big picture, um, prioritizing, time blocking and time tracking. So you actually know where the time is going. What do you want to leave the women listening with today in terms of um, time management? I'm actually going completely as I was thinking about this off time management. I think it goes, I'll touch on, I think it, you know, really, 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 really tie it to your purpose and reevaluate that all the time and use that. um, I talk about it in that blog, the idea of, um, you know, making promises to yourself. We tend to promise other people, but if there's something that's important on, your journey, your path on this, you know, to-do list, whether that's weekly, monthly, whatever, put it, make a promise to yourself and um, keep that promise because it'll make you feel good, right? It's living in integrity. It will make you feel like you are living up to the standards you're setting for yourself because you made this promise. And then I suggest with it, right, a consequence only because I think if there's a specific, okay, I didn't do this. And then this little, whatever, you know, proportional thing is what what I get helps me a little bit stay away from getting all judgy. Like I'm the world's worst person. I promised myself I would do this, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. I didn't do it. Here's the, you know, consequence and here, here I've got it. Um, but I think really trying to live with integrity, it just makes you, it gets you further down your path and to your dreams and, it's better for everyone around you, right? I mean, you're you're in your best self. And so you're giving more energy, you're giving more attention, you're giving your best thoughts, you're showing up fully if you're living that way and you're spending your time that way versus being drained at the end of the day with you know nothing to show for it that means anything to you. I love it. I love the word promise to yourself. And I and I absolutely love being in integrity with how you approach your time management. I think that uh, what you've said is deeply powerful and it's a different lens of looking at time management versus just, you know, the time blocking, whatever, but aligning it with your integrity and having integrity and, and uh, making that promise to yourself and honoring yourself enough that you see it through. So, you know, I think we're all in process with it and with our lives Mm -hmm. and that's part of the dance and, you know, different seasons like you're going to be walking into as a mom at some Mm. point, um, you know, brings different priorities and, and it's all good. We're all just doing the best to align to where we're meant to go. So um, where can people learn more about you and your work, Kate? Sure. If you go to the website, you can find all the blogs. You can get some uh, guides to strategies for scaling. Uh, it's K, the number eight, Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y dot com. Awesome. This has been fun. Thank you so much Thank for your time you. today, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's interview and walked away with some information and tips you can put into effect right away. Now, as a reminder, I am gifting a copy of my book, Design a Life You Love, A Woman's Guide to Living a Happier and More Fulfilled Life through the end of 2020. So you can get your copy today and join the community. And you can find that at thegoodlifecoach.com where you can also access the show notes from today. Thanks as always for tuning in and I'll look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.